Hey girl, welcome to Christian Girls Pop. My name is Stephanie Bright and I'm the founder of this girls group as well as your host for the podcast. Around here, we are all about purpose, obedience, and prayer. That's what makes us pop. You're guaranteed to laugh, cry, learn, grow, and most importantly, become more like Jesus. We're going to rock this thing out and we're going to have fun doing it. You ready? Let's go. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Girls Pop. This is going to be my favorite episode of the year thus far. I know I probably said that for other episodes, but this time, like, for real, I mean it. Because we are halfway through the year. This is amazing. Y'all, we have hit our halfway point of studying the Bible, of teaching the Bible, of learning from the Bible, of reading the Bible all year long. This is amazing. This is such a huge milestone and I'm excited. So I want y'all to be excited. I hope you get excited. You know, you get my excited vibes and that you be encouraged to keep going. Like I'm super proud of you. I'm so excited for what you will learn as you continue to go through this year, what you've already learned and what you will continue to just how you will continue to grow and change and mature and develop as you study the word of God. This is huge, super excited, congratulations. We have made it, we have not yet fully arrived because we're not done yet, but we're at the halfway point. So this is when you stop, you get a little water break, you get a Gatorade, you get refueled, you get refreshed, renewed, and you're like, all right, let's do it, let's get back out there. So week 26, it's an amazing time, but before we get into the teaching, let's go over some quick announcements. First and foremost, I would like to say that week 26 starts on June 26, which is just super cool to me. And that's just something random that I realized as I was preparing for this episode. And yeah, just thought I'd share with you fun fact of the day. I know I've been slipping with some of those fun facts. Y'all, it's hard to come up with fun facts, okay? But here's a fun fact of the week. June 26 marks week 26 of the year. So woohoo! Um, second announcement. There are a couple different conferences and stuff that I will be speaking at or events that I'll be at, um, as well as events that Christian Girls Pop is hosting. All of those are available on our website under our events page. I have that link in the podcast show notes so you can check that out and always stay up to date. That's the best place to see what we got going on as well as on social media. But on the events page, everything is right there. So as events come in and as different engagements um, arise, that's where you'll find the information to see if I'll be in a city near you, if you are in a country near you. Also, another great way to keep up with that um, and all that we have going on is to check out our newsletter that goes out once a week at the top of the week. And it's a great way for you to keep up to date with all the things that we have going on. And it lets you know about our latest merch, our latest videos that are out, our latest events that are up. And then you also, I also write a letter to everyone that um, receives a newsletter each week. So that's something that I encourage you to check out if you have not signed up for it already. That link is also in the show notes. You can also sign up on our website as well. We have merchandise, so make sure you check out our website. There's a bunch of cool stuff there. We did some updates recently. So if you get a second, you know, hop on over to christiangirlspop.com and see what's up, see what we're about. Check out our page. We got some cool stuff and we worked really hard, so I want y'all to see it. Okay, okay. <laughs> That is um, the announcements that I have for right now. I do want to encourage you to go ahead and save the date for our 
Last but not least, make sure you save the date for our Selah retreat. Once again, you can find more information about that on our events page. But with the Selah retreat, it's a great way for you to come be renewed, refreshed. Um, for the fall retreat, we're going to be talking about the topic of change and transition always a fun time y'all know how it is with change um and so i just encourage you to check that out the april retreat was amazing and so very excited for this upcoming one tickets will begin going on sale july 5th so starting next week and so i just encourage you to check that out save the date the date for the retreat is october 14th through the 16th it's a whole weekend friday night through sunday afternoon october 14th through the 16th i'd love for you to check that out and come be a part all right y'all that's all of my announcements before we get into this week's teaching let's pray God, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for helping us to get to this milestone. I thank you for helping us push through. I thank you for helping us catch up if we fell behind. But most importantly, I just thank you for your word that you've already given to us that allows us to learn more about who you are. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I pray that this word doesn't just... um, become words on a page but it becomes words in our heart that we're able to live by we love you so much thank you for the opportunity to access you in this way and learn more about you and um, just a beautiful relationship we get to experience with you as we study your word and as you develop us and mature us into who you've called us to be we love you so much and we pray all these things in your holy name amen All right, so the title for this week's episode is The God in Death. And so I really have just been praying about this episode and how to teach it. And I pray that the words that I share um, are encouraging and um, that we're able to understand it and not not take it in the wrong way. But um, we're talking about the God in death. And so what the reason that I named it that is because through this week's reading, as we're reading through Second Kings and Mark, we really will see a lot of death. Some of it is sinful death. Some of it is symbolic death in a sense of dying to yourself, um, you know, and sacrificing. Um, we also talk about Jesus dying and being crucified and, and what that looks like. And so um, with that, I wanted to talk about the topic of death. And death is a weird thing for us. I think as humans, it's a really hard thing for us to grasp and understand a lot of the times. Um, it's a weird thing to know that someone's there one day and then they're just not like it's weird to know that um certain actions that we can do can can take someone's life like that's it's it's just a weird concept um and it's definitely a hard thing for us to understand when it's out of our control when it's a sickness um when it's just something that we didn't see coming when it's with um when it happens to children and we don't understand why or you know just the different parts of death that that um can be difficult for us to grasp or to cope with or to grieve and so um with this we're going to be studying and 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 going through the the chapters like we normally do but um the thing that i want for us to be like aware of as we're reading this week is just that God is present in all things and present doesn't mean that it's his doing and I feel like we need to understand that um that you know like 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 I said we're going to read about some of the wickedness that happens um in this week's reading and God was not the one that necessarily killed them, you know, like this just the wicked nature, sinful nature of, of man, um, that led to these deaths. Um, but God was still present because God is always present. So God is still there as we talk about 
Jesus telling the disciples to to take up their cross, to sacrifice, and to die to themselves. God is with them in that as they forsake their careers, as they they abandon their families or their you know whatever it is, everything that they've known to follow Christ and. You know, that's a hard sacrifice that they're making, but God is with them. God was with um, his son as Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And um, what just the, the how God is in that. And so we, we have to understand and come to the understanding that God is in all things. And like I said, just because he's in it, because he's present doesn't mean that it's his doing. Um, but God is always with us. And that is something that we can take as a hope as something to cling on to in times when things are hard in times when we're grieving the loss of someone it is a a good thing to remember that God is with us Um, and it definitely can be harder to see that when we're looking at the wickedness around us when we're looking at just the way that society is going and how the world is going it's very hard for us to um, there, there can be times when it's just hard for us to see like how can God possibly be in this but I just want this to be an encouragement for us that God is with us in all things and um, that's something for us to keep in mind as we're going through this week's reading so starting with day 177 so week 26 is day 177 through 183 and for day 177 which is June 26th the reading is 2nd Kings chapter 6 and Mark chapter 7 so remember what 2nd Kings were going through like uh, more of like history documents documentation of the different kings whether they were good king bad king what they did while they were king um it's a lot of documentation and historical things um and then in mark we're reading a lot of what jesus is doing while he's here on earth so in second kings chapter six we read of elisha's miracle of the axe head in the water and the syrians are blinded and then there's a famine in samaria so remember last week's reading was about um the god of the supernatural and just all the supernatural things that we saw all the different miracles that took place and so um we're still seeing a little bit of residual of that and obviously we will continue to because god is a god of supernatural and he's not just limited to a week's worth of reading um to show that he's supernatural we see that all over scripture but um we do see a little bit residual of that just that major theme that i brought up last week we see some more of that in this week's reading and so basically elijah performs a miracle by just pulling this axe head out the water which basically should have sunk down in the water but it floated we also see the syrians were blinded and there is a famine in samaria and so um, continuing on with that residual kind of thing of the supernatural, we see that Elisha is, you know, performing these miracles through the power of God. Um, but if we skip down to like verse 17, verse 18, like Elisha's also seeing visions. He's seeing beyond the supernatural because like his servant was freaking out like, oh my gosh, there's all these people. And he's like, no, don't worry. There's more with us than there is with them. And the servant's looking around like, where? Where you see them at? Um, and Elijah was like, Lord, open his eyes so he can see what I see. So Elijah was seeing things that were happening in the supernatural realm that weren't visible to just the untrained I guess naked eye you would say so there's just so many supernatural things that we're seeing that we saw last week and it just shows us of all the ways that God will show up and they're just like it's a reminder that we shouldn't limit God you know like you never know how he's going to show up in your life um and it can be in the most supernatural of things because Elijah had miracles he had visions he had discernment and a lot of it you know like he had been under Elijah who was also you know doing the same thing and so it's just something really cool for us to take note of and then in mark chapter 7 a couple different things are happening here um jesus addresses the pharisees he teaches on defilement and sin jesus casts a demon out of a little girl and he heals a deaf and mute man so we're continuing on my my savior is out here 
doing miracles, healing a bunch of people. He's teaching. I mean, you remember his ministry was only a couple of years. So he's, you know, he's getting it in. Boom, 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 boom. He's doing a whole bunch of stuff all over the place. So that is what we see for day 177. Moving on to day 178, which is June 27th. The reading is 2 Kings chapter 7 and 8 and Mark chapter 8. So starting in 2 Kings chapter 7, the Syrians flee and the people of Israel gather the spoils that are left behind. So God basically helps them get to a place where they're able to basically just get all this free stuff from the Syrians. How I imagine it is like God kick these rich people out of their house and then he allows you to go in and just like start picking up you know luxury bags drive out in their range rover like eat up all their food take their butler you know all that type of stuff like that's how i imagine it going and that's how it goes when god's on your side and there's favor on your life period god will fight for you you don't have to do anything but enjoy the blessings and the favor and that's a word for somebody on today don't let god fight your don't don't worry about trying to fight your own battles let god do it he'll do a way better job than you can and all you have to do is just enjoy the benefits and like i said continuing on with that whole god of the supernatural thing god shows up supernaturally and fights on their behalf and in second kings chapter eight we have a bunch of different kings and stuff here we have ben hadad who dies hazael reigns over syria and then jehoram and ahaziah reign in judah and so you're going to see some of the same names over and over again because basically what happens is that um the the chapters will talk about the different kings who reign but then maybe a couple chapters later it'll go back to those same kings and go a little bit more in detail about what they did while they were king or what happened while they were king and so um that's something that we can see here and so kind of reading through the different kings that are living and and taking reign and so you can also see like which kings are the good kings, which ones are the wicked ones. And um, the Bible is very clear if it says, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, or he did not do what was pleasing to the Lord or in the right in the eyes of the Lord. Like the Bible tells you straight up good or bad. And then in Mark chapter eight, we got some miracles. we got a whole bunch of stuff happening. So Jesus feeds the 4,000. So this is different than Jesus feeding the 5,000. This is the 4,000 now. And y'all, I was like this year, years old, when I realized that there was two different miracles in the Bible. Like Sunday school, you only hear about the 5,000. I don't know about y'all, but nobody ever told me that there's a 5,000 miracle and then a 4,000 miracle. And those are two different things. Like that was, that was just mind blowing to me. But so now Jesus is feeding the 4,000. And um, Jesus instructs the disciples to beware the Pharisees, Herod, and like, you know, they're basically like telling them lies or their opinions and beliefs and all that. Um, Jesus heals the blind man. Peter proclaims Christ to be the Christ. Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. And then he talks about the cost of discipleship. So this is the first day that we're going to see and hear about. This is the first day that we're going to read about what we're talking about this theme this week of God being in death. Um, the first part, Jesus predicting his death and the resurrection. The fact that there is a resurrection automatically, first of all, shows that God is a part of it. It gives hope um, for things that we may think that are dead in our own life. Um, and this is what we're talking about. God in death. There may have been dreams that have died, visions that have died, um, relationships that we thought are dead and gone, but God can restore those things if it's his will. And that's what he's wanting to do in our lives. Now, some people that that relationship needs to be dead. Okay. But there's other ones that you, you may not have to give up hope just quite yet because God is a God of resurrection and he can bring those things back to life. Um, and we just see God in death, literally Jesus dying on the cross. That is God. That's that's a part of the Trinity of God on the cross. So there's God in death. 
And then the other side of it, when Jesus is talking about the cost of discipleship and taking up your cross and denying yourself, that's death. That's death in a spiritual sense, because that means that you're dying to your flesh. You're not, you're starving your flesh. You are not giving in to what your fleshly carnal desires are wanting, but you are pursuing the things of God. More importantly, that's a death that has to happen. Um, the Bible talks about that, that we're new creatures in Christ. The old man has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old thing has passed away way behold the new has come there has to be some sort of death that occurs in order for us to follow christ in order for us to live a life for god and if we're talking about god in death how can we see god when we're dying to ourselves and and one way to do that is by the less like as john says i must decrease he must increase the more we die to ourselves the more that we're able to see god clearly the more we're able to to know where to go next the more we're able to follow him and the voice that he and his voice and how he leads us and so this is what we're talking about as we're talking about this topic of death how can we see God in these things and we begin to see that in today's reading moving on to day 179 which is June 28th the reading is 2nd Kings chapter 9 and Mark chapter 9 so in 2 Kings chapter 9 we see that Jehu is anointed as king of Israel but then Jehu kills Joram and then Ahaziah is killed, and then Jezebel is killed. Like, y'all, this is when it starts getting crazy. Now we're seeing the other side of death. We're seeing this wicked side. And it's crazy. Like, they're out here losing their minds. And, um, you know, when we, when we look around in our society, and we're looking at the world today, and we're seeing all the violence and the crimes and the murders and the deaths and everything that's happening, and we ask ourselves, how can we see God in this? It can be the same as reading this chapter, and like, how can we see God in this, like, while these people are going crazy? But then th that's when it's important for us to go back to the fundamental things that we know about God, that he's omnipresent, that means he is everywhere at all times, always present. So that means that he's not just skipping over the cities that have a high murder rate, or he's not just skipping over the family who um has someone in their family who's murdered someone or you know whatever it is like he's present in all things and so um even in this we can see that okay like there's a lot going on some of it is um what god allowed as as judgment for previous sins and previous kings and their sins and their disobedience to god because god is a man of his word and some of it is consequences that he's he's allowed um this this to occur um but even in that, we can still see, okay, God is in this somehow. And so we need to do the digging and, and figure out how. For Mark chapter 9, we see that Jesus um, transfigures on the mount. He's, he has his transfiguration. Um, demons are cast out of a boy. Jesus, once again, he predicts his death and resurrection to come. And then Jesus instructs and teaches about avoiding sin at all costs. And so once again, we're seeing death in a couple different ways here in Mark chapter 9. So the first thing, once again, Jesus is telling these people, he's telling his disciples, look, y'all, I am going to die. I'm going to resurrect and everything's going to be fine three days later, but I am going to die. He's given them warning. He's given them so they're not caught off guard when they start and he starts getting arrested, even though they're still kind of caught off guard. But they're not completely shocked because the Bible says that when he finally um, was taken away and, and things began to progress towards his crucifixion, they remembered what he had already told them. And so he gave them a heads up of what was to, to happen. He, he loved them. He loved his disciples. He didn't want to just leave them high and dry with no explanation. But he, once again, he predicts his death. And we know that this is um, a death that was so necessary because of Jesus's death. 
along with his resurrection, we have life. We have forgiveness of our sins. We have the ability to be in relationship with God. We have the access to him. Um, we have access to God the Father because of Jesus' sacrifice. We have atonement for our sins. We have the ultimate sacrifice. The list goes on and on and on. We have the gift of salvation. We have the ability to just approach the throne of God so boldly because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. And so um, this was a death that needed to happen. And so in moments like this, we can say, thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice, for your death, along with your resurrection. Even talking, even when Jesus is talking about uh, avoiding sin at all costs, that is death. Once again, we're talking about dying to yourself and, and denying yourself from um, certain desires or temptations or whatever the thing may be that you're denying yourself from. And it's talking about avoiding sin at all costs. So he's talking about if, if your eye is a problem, take it out, just gouge it out. And everybody's like, what? But he's talking about, look, you got to do whatever it takes to avoid sin. And that requires death, death to your flesh to be able to say, no, we're not doing that. Even if your flesh is so tempted, even if your flesh says, yes, I want that. It's like being in a desert and uh, seeing a, um, a pond full of water, but you know that it's salt water. So you're actually going to still be thirsty, but your, your flesh is like, we just want water. We want water. And you're just looking at it. You're looking at it. You have to make the decision to say, am I going to give my, give myself this salt water knowing that it's not going to help? Um, even if it's super cold, it's still not going to help. That's how it is when we're avoiding sin, when we're fighting sin, when we tell ourselves, hey, I know this is what you think you need, but it's actually not good for you. It's actually not going to bless you or benefit you in any way. It'll anything, if anything, it'll make things worse for you. So I need you to choose not to do that. That is death. And God is with you in that dying to your flesh as he gives you the power to overcome that sin, to overcome that temptation. Moving on to day 180, which is June 29th. The reading is 2 Kings chapter 10 and Mark chapter 10. In 2 Kings chapter 10, Ahab's 70 sons are murdered. Ahaziah's 42 family members are killed. Ahab's family is killed. Baal worshippers are killed. And Jehu dies. That is literally the most death that we've seen the entire time we've been reading the Bible. Like, there is so much happening. Like, minus, like, God wiping out the whole, you know human race besides Noah and his family and the animals it, back in Genesis when God flooded the earth this is probably like the most death that's happened in one in one day's reading and with that it's like oh my gosh once again like how, what why are we reading this like how can we see God in this first of all some of this was prophecies that were fulfilled because God had already told Ahab because of the the, the sins that he had committed because of the lack of reverence for God God had already told him that his family was going to be punished and that there would be like basically like death that would come to his family because of that so some of that is prophecies that are being fulfilled because of God's judgment which sneak peek we're going to be talking about God's judgment next week so another heavy topic stay tuned we can't always just talk about you know butterflies and rainbows like there there's the other side of things too but with that yeah some of it is prophecies that are needing to be fulfilled some of it is the kings handling their business because they're tired of everybody worshiping everything else but god um and so there's a lot of death happening in this chapter and then in mark chapter 10 jesus teaches on marriage and divorce a young ruler approaches Jesus and learns about the cost to follow Jesus. And then Jesus talks about the importance of serving and he also heals a blind man. So we can once again see death more from a spiritual sense in this chapter um, because Jesus tells this young ruler, hey, I want you to leave 
because he's like, hey, I want to follow you. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. And Jesus is like, great. I want you to sell everything that you have and then come follow me. And he's like, uh, never mind. You know what? You know what I said? Like, I wanted to follow you. I meant like down to the store. Like, I didn't mean to follow you with like my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you crazy. Like, that's basically, he switched up the game. Like, nah, never mind. I'm good. Because he was not ready to die to himself and put aside the things of like his own flesh and stuff to be able to like really pursue and go after Christ. And so um, that's something that we have to ask ourselves as we're going once again through the topic of death. And we're talking about spiritual death of denying ourselves. Are we willing to deny ourselves of things that we have wanted, we have thought about, dreamt about, had visions about, planned for being? Uh, in order to follow Christ? Are we willing, like I had to do, not to toot my own horn, but this is just to give an example. I always tell people I use myself as an example because that's the best person I can use as an example for. That's the best person I can use as an example. Um, God told me to leave my entire career that I worked basically, you know, eight years plus for, and I left it behind in order to pursue the things of God. There's been other hard decisions that I've made within the past year because God told me to leave it behind and pursue something different. And I've had to do that. And it's because I've chosen to deny what my flesh has wanted, what would be the logical thing, what would please most of the people in my life to go and and do something that may rub against the grain, but is in alignment with what God has for my life. And so we have to ask ourselves, how much am I willing to die for Christ? And and this is not even talking about in the sense of like martyrs, right? Now we know that there are martyrs. Martyrs are those who are dying for the sake of the gospel. Those who may be sharing um, the gospel in countries where Christianity is forbidden, where they have to go underground to have church, where they can't even have a Bible, be seen with a Bible because it's illegal. And the list goes on and on. Those are what we consider to be martyrs, those who die for the sake of the gospel. And um, we actually had an event here in America a couple years ago, I want to say maybe eight years ago or so, if not more, where a guy went into a school and he asked several people if they believed in Christ. And if they said yes, he shot them. And and it was um, a, a awakening for the church because they realized like we can get so comfortable. We forget that at any point we may have to live out what Jesus was telling us when he said that they will persecute us. And we think it's persecution when somebody takes our seat at church, but there's people literally dying for the sake of the gospel. So we have to stop and ask ourselves, how far am I willing to die for Christ? And a book that I highly recommend for those who are wanting to really think about this topic more, be challenged more in this area. The book is called Radical by David Platt and it's P-L-A-T-T. This book is so good. I'm actually rereading the book right now. I started it maybe back in college and I only got about halfway. I don't know what happened. Maybe nursing school was super busy or something. Um, but I do plan to finish it now as like I try to read one book a month. And this is a book that is so challenging. It's such a good book. It really challenges the American church to like, look, y'all need to wake up. Y'all are too comfortable. You got to get it together so that's something that I encourage for you another thing that I recommend real quick before we continue on with the, the teaching is a daily grace company I'd love for you to check that out there are plenty of great resources that they have available for you you can find books for yourself books for your family they have um, great gifts that you can give to someone especially since school's about to start up in a couple months it'll be a great way for you to send people off to college or send people off to um, the next grade with some really good resources for them to be 
be the light wherever they are. So I encourage you to check that out. One of my favorite things that they have are highlighters and they're not your average. It's like, okay, Steph, they're just highlighters. No, they're super cool ones. Okay. They're super cool highlighters. No, but really they are, um, they have more of like a Crayola or gel like substance on them. They're not just your typical highlighters that sometimes bleed through. And the Bible I have right now actually has super thin pages and it never bleeds through. And each highlighter is actually assigned to a different part. So you can use one highlighter if you want to write a, um, highlight something that involves praising God. Another one is about praying to God. Another one is dwelling on the things that you just read and, and so on and so forth. So plenty of great resources. I'd love for you to check it out. Daily Grace Company. The link is in the show notes. Um, real quick, before we move on to day 181, I wanted to talk about something else in Mark chapter 10. Jesus talks about the importance of serving, and that's another part of denying yourself because serving does not uh, benefit you. It benefits the person that you're serving. I mean, if you're serving the king, if you're bringing the king water or food, it's not benefiting you. You, um, unless maybe, you know, you get maybe some AC or something from, you know, being inside with the king. Um, but besides that, like it's, you're helping someone else. And so serving is also a way of, of denying yourself. And God is always calling us to serve. And we see that time and time again in scripture about the importance of serving. And that's something that we should take note of as we're living this life here on earth. Also, Jesus in this chapter, he also predicts his death and resurrection a third time, which is, you know, kind of symbolic because Peter also denies him three times, you know, like all the different things that, that happened three times as Jesus is being led to the cross. But this is one part of it. Um, and once again, he's letting these people know, look, I am going to die soon. And obviously, like we've said, this death was so important, so necessary. It was very hard. It was very sacrificial, but it changed everything for those who decide to follow him moving on to day 181 which is june 30th the reading is second kings chapter 11 and 12 and mark chapter 11 in second kings chapter 11 athaliah reigns in judah joash is crowned king of judah then athaliah is killed and jehoash becomes king so a lot of um throne transition obviously this is not happening like back to back there are years that are passing in between these events um some people are dying off and then someone takes the throne a lot of the time somebody's killing these kings just so they can take the throne and imagine god having to just look down at his people as they're fighting for this throne just so they can have the power but when they're use when they're in that position of power they're not actually using it for good they're using it for themselves instead of being able to make the right laws and make the right decisions to point people to god they're using it for their own good or just completely negating god and and we see that because as we're reading through these chapters, we'll see of what the kings did. And so several kings will be mentioned as those who took time to take down all the false idols and take down all the places of, of worship that were performing worship to false gods. And we see that. But on the other end of things, we also see the other kings who are just going along with it. They're not um, taking down any of the false worship. They are allowing the people to live in idolatry some of them are you know uh performing it themselves or being a part of it themselves and so i can only imagine how that made god feel having to watch that knowing that he is the one true king remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago god being the one true king i can only imagine what that's like for him to have to watch that and and righteously so there's judgment that comes with that because of those who don't revere god or give god the proper honor and reverence that he's due one random thing that I did want to note is you'll see this several times in scripture, but in second Kings chapter 11, specifically in verse 21, it talks about how 
um, it talks about the young age of one of the kings that, that becomes king. And we see that several times. Josiah was eight years old. Certain kings were seven when they became king. And that's just a fun fact because it's like, don't ever get to a place where you think you're too young to do something that God is calling you to if he's calling you to it. If he knows that he's wanting you to do this, he'll provide everything that you need um, so that you can work, um, operate well in the position that he has you in and, you, and that you can be a good steward over what he's given you and allotted you. In 2 Kings chapter 12, Jehoash, um, who's the new king, he works on the temple repairs, and then Joash dies. In Mark chapter 11, we read of Jesus' entry to Jerusalem. Um, and this is a very popular portion of scripture. This is what will be known as um, Palm Sunday. And so Jesus' entry to Jerusalem, and then we read of Jesus and the, the fig tree that withers. Jesus drives out or cleanses the temple. He teaches on faith and prayer, and then Jesus' authority is questioned. And so one thing that we can see in congruency here between Second Kings chapter 12 um, and Mark chapter 11 is this reverence for the temple. So in Second Kings chapter 12, Jehoash takes time to work on the temple repairs and, and give you know make it a proper place of worship for God. And in Mark chapter 11, Jesus, while he's here on earth, he cleanses out the temple because of the way that the people were um, treating the temple. Basically, they weren't reverencing it as they should. And so Jesus handles some business. OK, and it's just a reminder that the temple of God is a place to be reverenced, to be um, well taken care of. And now that we're the temple of God, we need to address that in our own lives of what that looks like. Moving on to day 182, which is July 1st. The reading is 2 Kings chapter 13 and 14 and Mark chapter 12. In 2 Kings chapter 13, Jehoahaz reigns in Israel, then he dies. Then Jehoash reigns in Israel and he dies. Then Jeroboam reigns in Israel and then Elisha dies. And so once again, um, and then in, in chapter 14, we read of Amaziah's reign and then Jehoash dies. Then Jeroboam reigns. Then um, Azariah, who's Amaziah's son, he reigns in king of, as king of Judah. And then Jeroboam II reigns in Samaria. And so you just heard me say some similar names and some similar things that are happening. And you're like, wait, I just heard this name like a chapter or two ago. Remember, they're kind of breaking it down. The chapters kind of go back around to some of the kings that are already mentioned to go back into more detail about things that happened during their reign. And so majority of the kings that I mentioned here are wicked. There is a good king. Amaziah is a good king. But a lot of the other ones are wicked. Um... And just one of the cool things to note is like even in their wickedness, God is still listening to their prayers. God is still remembering the covenant that he made. And it's mentioned here in scripture. We see how it says that, oh, God didn't destroy this one group of people because of his covenant with David. God didn't destroy this um, because of his covenant with Abraham. We see that God is present. God is seeing it, but God is not fully judging or fully pouring out his wrath because of um, his consistency and keeping his word and not letting his word return void. And then in Mark chapter 12, we read of the parable of evil wine dressers. Jesus addresses the Pharisees, Sadducees on, and the scribes on different topics that they had, including taxes, resurrection, um, what the greatest commandment was. And then he, um, we see the story of the widow's offering and Jesus teaching about that. Um, and uh, one way that we can talk about as we're talking about death, one way that we can see it here 
Um, well, we see it in the wicked way of talking about the parable of the evil wine dresses. They were just killing people like for no reason. Um, that's the wicked side of humanity that we see. Um, but even in that, we see how Jesus teaches about that and handles um, that situation and just helps us understand what that means for us. Also, if we look at the story of the widow's offering, she was given up the last of what she had in order to really just provide a sacrifice to God. And that's death. In a sense, she was dying to herself, dying. She could have kept those two pennies. Those Well, it, it adds up to be about a penny in our time, but she could have kept that money for herself and not worried about giving it as an offering. But she chose to do that because she wanted to bring that sacrifice to the Lord. Sacrifice is always, there's some sort of death that's associated with sacrifice. It doesn't mean that we're killing animals like we, they had to back in the Old Testament, but there's always some sort of death, whether spiritual, symbolically, um, there's some sort of death that occurs as we sacrifice and give to the Lord. And that's what he's wanting is our sacrifice and whatever it looks like from us today. Last but not least, day 183, which is July 2nd. The reading is 2 Kings chapter 15 and Mark chapter 13. In 2 Kings chapter 15, Azariah, the king of Judah, reigns, and then Zechariah reigns in Judah. Shalom and Menahem reign in Israel, and Pekahiah and Pekah reign in Israel as well, and then Jotham reigns in Judah. So a lot of kings, a lot of transition that's happening. Um, some of it, like I said, they're just dying off sometimes things just happen as far as how they acquired the throne but there's a lot of just transition amongst the kings which is what we expected to be reading in second kings remember we're reading all the history documentation of the various kings that reign on the throne after the the kingdom split and then in Mark chapter 13, Jesus predicts the temple being destroyed. He teaches on the signs of end times and the great tribulation and then he teaches on the second coming and how the church needs to be ready and be vigilant. And so when he's talking about that temple being destroyed, he's referring to him dying and being raised to life three days later. So once again, he is he's metaphorically um, predicting and reminding them that he will be dying and then be resurrected back to life because he predicts the temple being destroyed, but then rebuilt in three days. And that's actually what the disciples remember once he's carried off and once he, you know, he goes through the process of death and resurrection. They're like, oh, yeah, he did tell us this. And so that once again fits very well into the theme of um, us talking about death this week. And so in the rest of Mark chapter 13, as Jesus is talking about the end times and the tribulation and just how the church needs to be ready, it's definitely something that we need to take to heart because um, for one, we'll see a lot of people, we'll hear a lot of people like we're in the end times right now. And what I, I would say that, yes, I believe that there are things that are leading us into the end times in the sense of like, we, we know that we're working there, but the Bible literally tells us that, that tribulation the full tribulation won't begin until all these other things have happened and he listed the things out that have to happen and so i believe that we are um headed that way and that no man knows the hour no man knows when christ is coming um but it's just important for us to know the word of god for ourselves so that we're not led astray by false prophets by people that think that they know what day jesus is coming because they definitely don't and anybody that tells you that is lying because nobody knows when jesus don't even know when jesus is coming okay like that's literally what the scripture says so it's just important for us to really take time to study the scripture and um even in the great time the end times and the great tribulation and things that are mentioned there's more death that's mentioned but we know that god is in that um and just knowing that god will be the one to you know god's word will be fulfilled god's word will come to pass and so we can learn we can read we can study we can be prepared we can be vigilant as the scripture reminds us to be here 
in Mark chapter 13. And then most importantly, that we just continue to seek the Lord every day. So that sums it up for this week's reading. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that this episode was uh, maybe a bit challenging, a bit eye-opening, and um, it just stirs us to, to get in the Word and, and, you know, really know the Word for ourselves. If you have not already, make sure you check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Girls Pop. You can check out our website, ChristianGirlsPop.com, and check us out on YouTube by searching Christian Girls Pop. If you would like to book me for an event to teach at your youth group to teach for your ministry um, um to lead a bible study of some sort you can email at christian pop at gmail.com or you can go to our website and um under the events tab there is a there is a place for you to book me as well if that's something that you would consider doing if you've enjoyed learning from these studies each week um and maybe you would like to host some type of event uh let's let's get something going let's work something out i'd love to um do that my heart is for the young girl my heart is for um those maybe even on college campuses that are you know wanting to to go deeper in the word of god and so if that's something that sounds like you'd be interested in or you've been working on praying about let me know let's get something going I love for that. Um, if you would like to donate to this ministry, you can do- donate on Venmo at Christian Ghost Pop, on Cash App at Dollar Sign Christian Ghost Pop, or by PayPal using the email address cgpopdonate at gmail.com. You also are able to donate on our website at christianghostpop.com. So plenty of great ways for you to donate to this ministry so that we can continue to do what God has um, assigned us to do. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. And as always, remember, Jesus already loves you so much. Don't you ever forget that.